Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Always Pressing PGA DFS pod. Make sure to check it out on Twitter at Always Press DFS. And the three guys are back again. I am Bubby. Find me on Twitter at BDNTrick. As always, Jesse on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. Jesse, how you doing? Doing well. Good to be here again. Good, good. And Bucks. Find me on Twitter at BP Snow 11 Bucks, how are we doing? Doing well, my man. Doing really well. Thanks. Good, good. Um, Safeway open in the books. Thank goodness. Hope everybody's safe out there. Came home last night from the Bay Area, and the fires are insane right now. Just yeah, yeah that's crazy, man. Those pictures, started, that's just nutty. It started just like a couple hours after the, the event ended, and the winds are crazy. The course is on fire. And it wasn't just because of Brendan Steele. Brendan Steele, the man, got her done. Uh, any words on the tournament, You're, uh, Jesse? Uh, I mean, not much. I don't know. I didn't hardly watch any golf this week at all. Um, just doing other stuff, and uh, it wasn't that interesting. Phil was pretty weak, so. But, yeah, Brendan Steele, it happened again. Yeah, back-to-back. Yeah, you don't see that every day. I know it's a, it's a weak field event. We talk about it a lot, but still, back-to-back is pretty, pretty darn impressive when you think about it. Um, it was funny because when we went in talking about it last week, we're like, oh, it's chalk this, chalk that. And, like, top three had Steele, Finau, Mickelson. Hadley was in there, which is huge. But it's pretty much – what you thought would happen took place in Napa. Um, let's move on. We uh, take three events over in Asia. We kick it off at the CIMB Classic. It is in uh, Kuala Lumpur, uh, TPC Kuala Lumpur for the fifth year now. You also have the Euro Tour, My Bank Malaysian Open. For, it's been there for like five years. Jesse, why don't you give us a little uh, course or event history on this? Yeah, so like you said, this will be the fifth year that it's a PGA Tour-sanctioned event. It's been an uh, Asian Tour-sanctioned event for a while, but fifth year with, uh, you know, a few PGA Tour uh, pros, basically. So, super simple, 2013, Ryan Moore, 2014, Ryan Moore, 2016, Justin Thomas, 2017, Justin Thomas. So, whoever wins this year is guaranteed to win again next year. That's wild. Like, I just got done saying Brendan Steele repeated, which is pretty crazy. But when you have two guys go back to back at the same tournament, that's just stupid. Um, yeah, it's very interesting. Bucks, maybe the course preview can tell us why. What do you got on this? Yeah, I mean, what's crazy about that, though, is Ryan Moore and Justin Thomas are very, very different players. Justin Thomas yeah. overpowers the golf course. I mean, he's good all around, but he hits it a mile. Ryan Moore is a position player. So diving into the last couple of years, they both excelled um, at shots gained approach, especially from the 125 to 175 range. And they both really, really excelled from the 10 to 25-foot range in putting. So it is a position golf course. It's about 7,000 yards, par 72. Um, there are a million bunkers off the tee that you have to avoid, which is why, um, driving distance doesn't really matter too much because you're typically playing the particular spots in the fairways to give yourself the best opportunity to approach certain pins. Um, 
So, again, you're, you're focused on guys that are striking their irons well. Um, you're focused on guys that can position themselves well off the tee. Um, and then you're really focused on the guys that can finish. And then the last thing that I'm going to mention is it's 7,000 yards par 72. So it is a short golf course for these guys. There is typically quite a bit of rain. And so they played a ton of lift clean in place. So you don't have to worry. And that's in the fairways. So it's perfect for them. Um, so the other thing to note is there are a ton of eagles made at this golf course, a ton. And they're weighted so heavily on DraftKings that that really needs to be a core of what you look at. But in short, 7,000 yard par 72, pretty short golf course. Yeah, you, you nailed it. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the lift clean and place part. And you mentioned only fairways because I remember when I first started playing PGA DFS and stuff, I'm like, oh, sweet, wherever you are. Because, you know, when you play your little club course, guys are like, oh, just wherever you're, just lift clean and play. Go for it. And um, they said these uh, these roughs are very nasty because of the humidity and the stickiness. That If you're not in the fairway and you can't lift clean and play, it's going to be nasty. Not stopping on the greens. It's going to be just rough, rough playing out there. Well, that's why – it takes away a lot of the benefit for Justin Thomas or guys like him to just try to overpower it. They would much rather have 175 yards in, in the middle of the fairway than 125 in some thick, nasty rough. So is he like, yeah. mostly off the tee? Yeah. I mean, you're, you, you can still, you have guys like Ryan Moore that'll hit driver still fairway woods, but you'll see Justin Thomas hit a lot of irons, a lot of hybrids, fairway woods, that kind of thing. Interesting. Um, and that's why, like, a guy like Ryan Moore can win two years in a row, like you said. Yeah, exactly. he, he said the position course. You don't have to bomb it. And um, the stat I read on the lift clean in place, 14 of the 16 rounds so far they've done it. It's pretty yeah. freaking wild. Yeah, it's, but it's, the last thing – Another thing to note, too, is it's a, it's a field of 78, no cut. No cut. Exactly. And the winning, yep. the average winning score is 20 under, so you yeah. have to go low here. Right. Eagles, Eagles, Eagles. That goes back to the theory we talk about a bad hole or two does not kill you like it does in other weeks. Uh, just bombs away. But in the fairway, of course. Um, yeah. Let's get into some of the key stats, which you kind of beat around the bush talking about it right there. But, uh, Jesse, start off with what stats you're looking for this week. Yeah, I mean, greens and regulation. Um uh, driving accuracy will be, I think, key. And then just birdies, birdie or better, um, obviously you got to go low here. And and so I, I also will will weigh course history um, quite a bit too, or not quite a bit, but there's 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 enough course history here to weight it and consider it. Um, so that, that will be kind of where I, I start. What about you, Bucks? Yeah, you're right. I touched on it a little bit. But for me, um, I have, like most weeks that you have to go low, I'm heavily weighting um, DraftKings points scored. I'm heavily weighting birdies. I have a heavy um, rating on eagles. And then um, proximity 125 to 150, 150 to 175, and then putting 10 to 15 feet and 15 to 20 feet. Those are my key stats that I'm really focused on. But um, 
an event like this where you have to go 20 under probably, it's uh, definitely birdies, eagles, bogey avoidance, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's all about birdie or better for me and just accuracy because most of these guys on a short course, as long as they're in the fairway, they're going to make some, some magic happen. That's why there's guys like Kevin Na and stuff that actually play decent here. And um, also recent form on this tour and also like the Asian tours and past like event history, this one or the Malaysian Open are going to be kind of important to what I'm digging into. Let's dig into those prices. We'll start in the 10K and above range. you got three guys, Justin Thomas, Hideki Matsuyama, and Paul Casey. Jesse, we'll let you have this one first. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, pricing again. I mean, what are we doing here? Justin Thomas, 12300 It's That's pretty incredible price in my opinion. I mean, I know he's won two, two years in a row, but the way that priced – these golfers recently, it's really kind of weird to me that he's that high. I was expecting an 11000 price, but, I mean, he's in play with me uh, for sure. I don't know how much Hideki I'll have, if any. He's just been weird. But the, the thing about Hideki is, like, all of a sudden he will come out of nowhere and just blitz the field. So is it this week? I don't know. Um so he's he's worth considering, but just given his recent his, his recent form, like he can't putt, he's all over the place with the driver. I can't trust him. Um, and then I mean, don't even talk about my dude, my dude PC. I mean, I think it's pretty much given. I'm playing Paul Casey. Let's be honest. We're on a we're on a nickname basis now. This is cute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, Bucks? Three names to choose from. What do you like? Yeah, this is tough for me, and I think that – I think DraftKings actually did it really well this week because it makes you think about it a, a lot more because let's say I take Justin Thomas. I got 7500 bucks per person to use after that. And so if I want to go like Thomas and Woodland, then I only have 7200 per person. And so it really limits me in what's a decent field in my opinion. And so it's going to be hard for me to go Thomas um, just for the fact that it limits me everywhere else. Um, so much like Jesse, I think that I'm going to have to start at like Casey and work my way down. And that scares me because I do think like we, we saw last year, right, where Matsuyama got hot for like – bunch of tournaments in a row and this definitely could be one of those weeks i mean he's top 10 in my model he's in asia i mean it could be one of those weeks and and it's hard to fade thomas because he's so freaking good especially no cut events yeah um, but it limits you so like you guys know i typically play three gpps i'll probably have one thomas lineup um and then I'll probably o overlook Matsuyama and go to Paul Casey. Um, ideally, I'd like to stack Casey with another top guy, but it's just, like, impossible to do and look like your lineup. So, Paul Casey's my favorite, though, of those three. I think he is playing really well from a recency perspective. And then when you look at his stats, I mean, he's – in my stats, he's first in points, first in bogey avoidance, First in 10 to 15 feet putting, second in birdies, sixth in proximity, seventh in proximity. I mean, the dude's off the charts. So he's going to be my number one play overall. 
Yeah, I uh, can't argue that at all. JT, uh, like you said, I'll have to get him in like one lineup, but it's so hard. You yeah. look at the guys below 7K today or on this week, and unless you are just psychic, these guys are going to – if someone under 7K is in the, the winning lineup, it's because they just found gold, basically. I, I There might be guys down there, but I'm not liking anything down there. Um, yeah. Matsuyama, just if you just use recent form alone – he hasn't performed good enough to be an $11,200 player. Like, we know he can be, but I never roster Matsuyama. The weeks he goes off, I just tip my cap and move on. So, yeah, Casey's, Casey's where we'll start. He's the uh, – PC is the always pressing uh, boy. Sorry, Jesse. It's it's a podcast We need to get thing. him on the podcast for real. We did need to get him on the podcast. We need to – I wish we knew somebody. Yeah, but if we do, Bucks, I'm just going <laughs> to uh, – yeah, that was good. Um, I'm just going to light candles and watch because it's there's no point in us talking books. I'm um, not sure we can air that on TV with Jesse over there. That's true. <laughs> we don't have to listen content morning and night. Um, we'll put a, put a, put a thing over here. Hey, we're not on American soil. This has got to be the week. Yeah. I mean, it has to happen. But where I was going with this is the thing that worries me the most about Casey is not his consistency or any of that. It's just going super low. Like we don't yeah. – he, he can get you into the, you know, 12, 13, 14s. We've seen that a lot. But can he get to the 20? Yeah, that and one that's what I'm round. Wondering. Yep. That's the one concern I have with that price tag. Like you said, pricing's really, really rough. I'll have some Casey. I'm not going to not have any because I do love the way he plays. It just worries me. Can he be that guy? Yep. Um, let's get into the 9K range where we got <laughs> – Three, four guys to choose from: Schwartzel, <laughs> X Man, Grace, and somehow Pat frickin' Flat Bill Perez is in the nine thousand dollar range. And we love Pat, but nine thousand compared to the rest of the field, I'm confused. Bucks, lead us off in the nine K range. Yeah, so um, Schwartzel's always in play for me, and and what's weird is he was so <laughs> he was so overlooked by DK and the pricing late last year. Like, he was, like, low seventh. Like, he was 6900 bucks in one of the final events last year. Or $7,000. And now he's 9800 It's just ridiculous to me. Um, I think he's good. I'm not playing him, though. I think Xander will be very, very popular. And for good reason. The dude's awesome. Um, but the two guys that I am looking at in this range – if I start at this range and work my way down to separate myself would be Brendan Grace. I think he started playing much better at the end of last year. And when I look at the key stats that I like, um, he is in the top five and four of them. But I will say this. I do like Pat Perez this week. Um, he is not typically um, the most accurate of drivers, but you don't need to hit driver here all the time. Um, but what he does really well is hit his mid to short irons. And so if he can get his putter working this week from like the 15 to 20 foot range, um, he has a legitimate chance. So I don't know. I think he'll be low owned too. So <clears throat> I might start one lineup with like Perez and work my way down, but I don't understand how – you have Schwartzel and Perez up here, and then you have guys like Woodland, Nah. Mm-hmm. Shit, there's a ton of them that could be higher than that. So it's it's interesting pricing. 
Yeah, it, it's all over the board. You made a good point with Pat Perez. Uh, he does. He he might not even hit the driver all weekend if he doesn't have to. I watched yeah. him at Pebble when he was in a group with Mickelson and Captain America, who both hit their driver. He he pulls out like a hybrid and laces it right yeah. down the middle. He, he's gonna have a fourteen degree hybrid from PXG, yeah. and he's gonna pipe it all week. Yeah, that, that that's all he used out there. It was it was pretty impressive to watch actually. But um, yeah, that's a very very good point there, Jesse. What do you like in this nine thousand range? Yeah, I mean, it's super interesting. Um, I think you could probably use all four of these guys and, and, and get some low ownership if you wanted to go that way. Going back to kind of what you were talking about with Charles, you know, his last five prices on the PGA Tour are 76, 75, 69, 75, and 72. Now, obviously, those are much stronger events in the last five that, that he's played on tour. Yeah, but, but still. Either way, I mean, 9,800 to him being the – fourth highest price guy is just, I don't know. I, I don't know if I can eat that or not at that price. It's just, it eats up a lot of salary and you got to get a, you know, top 10 finish out of him. And he's only played here one time. He's, you know, finished 19th. Uh, that was in 2014. So it's just, I don't know. He's kind of sketched to me. Xander, I think he's in play. Um, Pat Perez. I mean, that's, it's an even weirder price in my opinion. Cause the last, yeah. Time he played on tour, $6,400 at the Tour Championship. That's a field of 30, right? So, I mean, that's obviously even a stronger field than this at 78. But either way, I mean, what a freaking price increase for a guy. Yeah. Um, but I do think that that will drive down some prices on him. So, if, if you're in a, if you're into Pat Perez, um, you probably can get some lower ownership. And that's, that's going to be a huge key this week with 78 golfers and no cut is getting a guy who – He's low on, uh, gets a good finish. So, yeah, if you take um, if you take Xander, Grace, and Perez, you'll have seventy two hundred bucks per person to work with after that. Yeah, I mean, you know that that could give you you know a couple top tens uh, with the potential winner in there. I don't know. I just it's hard for me to see the winner coming out of that. I out of those four agree. Guys. Um, but Xander is probably the only one I have any interest in. But like you said, he is probably going to be the highest under the four. So how much I actually look at him, I, I don't know. Um, you know, he did win, obviously, to our championship, but that's a totally different ball game, totally different golf course, different part of the world. So I don't know what he's been doing since. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't have a whole lot of interest in this range, to be honest. I have two questions for you guys before we go to the next price ranges. First off, um, Xander, I think, might be higher owned than anybody in the field. You guys feel the same way on that just because of the price range, how, how you said if you play like Thomas, you have no money, basically. No. Like, I think he'll be fairly high owned, but I think at 9,700, you're going to have people avoid him. And, I mean, when, when I look – so, in my rankings, like, I have missed 26. So – just that alone, I'm going to avoid him. But, I mean, for people that look at recency, you might have people jump on him. But I think that price alone limits his ownership. Yeah. I think Paul Casey would probably be the highest owned. Yeah, um, for sure. Right. Uh, and, and Xander may be, you know, top ten. Um, but he's going he's gonna to be up there just because he's, he's got that name recognition now. I mean, you don't forget it. If you watch golf, you don't forget a name like that. So. Yeah, I won't be using any Xander. I, I will be going to Schwartzel or Pat Perez after that. That was a good point you made on the, the hybrids. I'm excited about that. The other question I had, because we're going to start reaching golfers in this, uh, this this thought process now, guys that just finished in Napa on Sunday evening, that, fl that flew 
last night into Malaysia. Yeah. What are your thoughts on using them this week? How are they going to be able to adapt that quickly? Yeah, that's tough because you got not, not only do you have that ridiculous trip, um, but you have really, really humid weather that you have mm-hmm. to be in fairly good shape. I mean, these guys are athletes. Like outside right. of outside of a few guys, these guys are like athletes. So it shouldn't be that bad. But I mean, you could definitely see that weighing on somebody that gets jet lag or something like that. Well, I mean, I, I saw that I, I, it was either yesterday or this morning or today sometime. Justin Thomas just got there um, in a Snapchat. True. So, yeah. I mean, a lot of guys are be flying in. It, it's going to take a day to get used to the time, obviously. Um, but no cut, not really much pressure. I mean, I don't know. I, don't, I think I would consider it if I was choosing between two guys, I would take the guy who didn't play last week. Um, but I wouldn't just exclude guys who did play us like just just knock them off the list instead of not playing anybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah no. That's why I'm just curious that the no cut part does help. Yeah. The one, um, the one thing I do want to mention real quick, and I don't know, it depends on if there's going to be rain before it, but they are calling for some pretty wicked thunderstorms on Thursday afternoon. So PM thunderstorms. So that's definitely something to consider when – looking at these times. I mean, with 78 golfers, they should be able to squeeze them out there yeah. and avoid some of it. But definitely those early times might have a advantage not having to stop in the middle of the round. Very good point. Let's move into the $8,000 range where you have about, you know, 12, 13 guys possibly that I, I feel you could almost just build in eights and sevens. You might not find the winner is the problem, but you could find a lot of good scoring going on here. Uh, Jesse, take us away in the 8,000 range. Yeah, um, it's another interesting range. Like, this, I don't know, this, this pricing, it just, it, it battles my mind every week. Um, I, I don't know, one way or the other. I, there's probably only, like, about two guys in this range that I'll really, really pay attention to and, and, and get on some rosters for sure. Um, first one is Gary Woodland. He's just high on my model. Um, he has played here all four years and finished second twice. And then the last two years finished 52nd twice. So I don't know what that means. Um, but he's made the cut every year. So you got to give him that. Um, and then uh, our dude, and Herban Lahiri, um, he's a birdie machine at times. He's very, very streaky. And so he got a little bit of uh, merit in these no cut events. Um, huge price on him. It's kind of sketch that price. He did finish second here last year. So in this range, I don't know. I mean, like Cameron Smith, I don't know how Cameron Smith is $8,400. Um, Thomas Peters, his his form has just not been great. I can't roster Ian Poulter. Brendan Steele, blah. Kevin Nob, blah. I mean, Grayson Murray, he might get a little, he might get a little interest from me this week um, just because he's either going to win or finish dead last. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you, Bucks? Yeah, there's a couple guys in here that I'm going to be targeting. Um, and this is an interesting range for me because I think if I have one lineup that I start in this range, um, then I'm definitely going to separate myself. And I have a lot of value here, I think. Um, Woodland, obviously, um, I think he is super solid 
great course history here. Um, and one of those guys that it probably benefits him to not have to hit driver off the tee. So I like Gary Woodland here. I do like the golden cherub, Cam Smith. Um, he can make the some what birdie. What'd you call him? The golden cherub. He looks like he looks like he's twelve years old on his photo on DK. <laughs> but Cam Smith either makes the cut and finishes like top fifteen, or he misses the cut, and this is a yeah. no cut event. So <laughs> I, he can make some birdies, man. When he gets hot, he gets hot. Um, I'm definitely gonna look at him as like a GPP upside guy. And two other guys, actually, I'll mention three guys. Kevin Na, I really like this week. He actually finishes fourth in my model. He is sixth in DK points, fourth in proximity, and then he's in the top 25 in every single category that I picked. Um, so I'm definitely going to have him as one of my core, and it could seriously bite me, but he's, he looks good to me. But here he's another one. Jesse mentioned it. That guy is a birdie machine. Um, when he gets hot, he gets hot. This is a no-cut event, um, and he has great course history here. Now, the last guy that I'm going to mention is freaking Steele. Yep. A couple of you, both of you, have mentioned core or, I guess, recent form. I completely faded Steele last week because of recent form after everybody in the world was on him. And his mind, and it's hard for me to go back to looking at recent form as much as I have been because of it. Yeah, uh, he, he he got it done last week, but he was, um, dude, he was so chalky, like thirty percent. I know that's another big reason I faded him, and it bit me in the a. I mean, if you didn't have him, you, you did not cash. As it did. Yeah. And all three lineups, so I will bite that chocolate. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> I had him too. But he was tough. In, the, in these events, I almost feel like you can bite the chalk on one or two on the swing season, and then you, not the 78 field, but a full cut, and then take some of the people that no one knows. And that's how you're going to deviate. Yeah, um, I, mean, I mean, there was a lot of weeks last week that chalk. Yeah. All the chalk hit. Oh, last year was ridiculous. Like the last two months of the season. Yeah. Uh, in the 8K range, I love Woodland. I definitely love Woodland. I'm going to take a look at Steel. But the, the travel scares me because they didn't get out of Napa probably till 8 or 9 o'clock Pacific Coast time. That, that's He got in there probably earlier in the morning. So I, I, I'm worried about him. But you yes, never know. Chicken. Yeah, exactly. Um, Kevin Naw. I hate him as much as you do, Bucks, but I do <laughs> like him this week. One thing I did notice in one of the, the deals I was reading up on, it's a weird stat, but in this field, he's the second best like uh, strokes game on lift, clean, and place in the entire field. Huh. He knows how to take advantage of that like extremely well. The other guy's Russell Knox. He's fourth. Guys you wouldn't think about. I don't really trust Knox at all. But now I can get behind because we know he can go low at times or just blow up. That's another reason I like Lahiri also. You guys both mentioned him. Um, and then Grayson Murray. 
I know it's a bomber. He can get in trouble in the rough. We've seen the way he's played lately. It's like you said, Jesse, it's all or nothing with him. But when it's all, it's really, really good. He was, like, he was ninth last week, and he was just putting it on. He had, he had one bad round uh, is what killed him. But overall, he played really, really well. Um, he's just a guy that if he can just keep it out of the rough, he can take advantage of those eagle holes big time. So at 8100 his price tag's $1,000 more than last week. But um, it's definitely a guy I'm keeping an eye on. So Woodland, Nah, Murray, and Lahiri for sure. And then I'm going to look more into Steele because he is hitting it really, really well. And in this field, he kind of stands out to me. But I am a bit concerned about that, uh, that travel. Let's go into the 7K range where we have everybody, all of them. <laughs> Buck, Bucks kicking off. Is this last yeah, it's every. It's every week. Every, every week, week it's this range. So, Bucks, give us a handful, and Jesse, give us a handful, and then I'll pick up whatever pieces of the other 45 guys are left. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, this is an interesting range, obviously. I do – I'm going to go back to the uh, U-line well. I think he'll be chalky this week, um, but I do like him. He plays really well in Asia, so mm-hmm. I'm back there. Bud Colley, from a stat perspective, is in my top ten – so I will be having some of him. He's really good from 125 to 150. Um, he makes a lot of points. Uh, so Lucas Glover is another guy that I'm going to target here. He can make a lot of birdies, and he can get really, really hot with his iron. So if this is a course where I don't think he has to hit driver everywhere, which it isn't, I think that he has a good shot to put himself into – the places where he's he excels, which is 150 to 175, middle of the fairway, going to stuff it to 15 to 20 feet. And if he does that, he's fourth in that 15 to 20 foot category for me. So I love Lucas Glover this week. Um, Adam Hadwin's another guy that I'm going to look at. I don't think I'm going to play him, but he avoids bogeys, which is always a key here. And then the last guy in this range, actually two guys in this range, one is James Hahn fellow uh, PXG member. Um, I I like his game for this type of course. He doesn't like to overpower a golf course. Um, And I think that suits him here. And then a guy that should be really comfortable playing uh, in this region and has played well in the past is how Tom Lee. He is a good putter from 10 to 20 feet and he can make some birdies. So if he can keep it in play and, uh, start hitting his irons well, I think he has a legitimate chance at 7,300 bucks. Yeah. What about you, Jesse? Yeah, uh, pretty much you named a lot of the golfers that uh, that I had checked on my list as well. I think J- Jason Duffner is interesting at 7,900. Um, it's a pretty good price on him for a guy who can hit the ball as well as he can. Um Coming off a lot of made cuts on tour, uh, a 20th at the Tour Championship out of 30 golfers. So not that great of a finish there. Um, but either way, <laughs> uh, you know, he can get hot at any time, too. He's a he's a birdie maker. I mean, he could reel off six, seven, eight in a row. Um, so I do like him for that reason. Kyle Stanley, another ball striker extraordinaire. Can reel, reel off a lot of birdies in a row. Um you know, he's had some decent finishes recently on tour, and, and he kind of got hot there for a little while. So if he can do it again, 
Um, Rafa Cabrera-Bello, another guy that uh, I think I will have quite a bit of just kind of looking at him a little bit here. He finished 10th here last year um, in his last two – uh, tournaments and uh, on at the PGA Tour, he uh, you know, he made the cut with an 18th and a 33rd, so not terrible there. He's getting a little bit of form back that he had lost. I do like the how Tom Lee call somebody who's really, really interesting to me down here at 7,100 is Gavin Green. Never heard of this guy before, um, but like he's the top of my model. Um, and it, I, I, I don't weight things like Bucks does as far as like the stats buys that he does is you know that are more concentrated i do a lot of uh kind of wider and he basically this guy i, I keep trying to change up my model and like fix it and he's still number one on everything that i do so i don't, I don't know i don't know what to do but anyway he's been hitting <laughs> 75 his last time out was a taiwan masters so he plays on the asian pga tour mostly anyways he sounds american i have no idea what descent he's from but uh hits it a mile um, and it's been hitting a lot of greens in regulation here recently. So at 7,100, I think he's worth a flyer. Um, didn't work out real well last, last week for us on the top of my model, but <laughs> Evan Green, interesting. And last but not least, Stuart Sink at 7,000. I think that's a steal on Stewie, Stewie Sink, Stewie, Stewie Sink. Yeah, he's a consistent guy that should be in the fairway all day. Yeah. Um, I hope the U-line recency bias is there. I don't think it will be, but I really do because he's too good to play that bad that often. And in a no-cut event, he could really shine. So I like U-line a lot. Uh, U-line, Lipsky, and Hind are three guys that play on the Euro Tour a lot, and they are really, really good in Asia. Really good in Asia. So Hind and Lipsky are both 7,100. Keep an eye on them if you want. Um. I'll go back to my Martin Flores guy. He's always so low owned and he just produces yep. over and over again. Um, he's, he stays out of trouble. He's 7,400. I like Lucas Glover a lot at 75. Kyle Stanley's another pure accurate striker. Tita green guy at 7,600 that I like, but there's a couple guys here. If you want to gamble on the Eagles, it's a massive gamble, but like a loop list, a love Mark, Johnny Vegas and Kevin Tway are all bombers in this range. I don't know how much I want them because we keep mentioning how bad the rough can be. But we've also said many times, would you rather be, you know, 70 yards closer to the hole or would you not be? That's the million-dollar question. Yeah. The, the one but, other uh, guy that I, we have to mention, I think, just because it's no cut, is Varner. I mean, the dude can make yeah. a ton of birdies. Yep. And his recent form is pretty darn solid right now. Yeah. Coming off the uh, – well, he got – he had a bad week, a bad final round in Safeway. He shot yeah. like nine over in the final round at Safeway. Otherwise, he would have been money. Um, so, he was he was sitting pretty there. Um, other than that, I think there's – I think him and Smiley yeah. went out together. I think Smiley shot about 81-2, so they must have got out they together. Wine, they probably did, wine, yes. wine tasting in Napa, man. Those hangovers are rough. Rough. Uh, I guarantee it. Uh, you know who but, show, uh, you know who shows up top five in my model, and I don't know why. Like looking at his recent form is Wee Kim. He shows up super super high for some reason. He's super low on mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean auto auto fade. Yeah, that's that. My that's weird. I mean, it, I'm showing 44 percent of greens regulation, 
uh, at the Dell. I mean, just nothing good. So I'm, I'm using last 24 rounds, and I told you on my stats, he comes in the top five in three of the four categories. Fourth in points, first in birdies, and fifth in eagles. That's interesting. I would get him – I mean, if, if, if he was top five in mine, I would get him on at least one team. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I, I guess I have to – I have to play him, but here's his last, like, 10 events is 54th, cut, 34th, cut, 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 cut. So. At least he can't get cut. I don't know. It was interesting. I'll probably throw him in one, I guess, and my all-Asian squad. One other thing I had was um, uh, you're mentioning Cabrera Bello top 10 here last year in his last two Malaysian tournament series, top five, in both of them. So he oh, does man. like this course quite a bit. I like the Scott Hinn call by you too. I'm, I, I, I meant to mention him, but yes, I like Scott Hinn as well. I think that's a good call by you. I'm hoping those guys be kind of low, but uh, Scott Hinn is I don't like him. I don't really like anything in the 6K, so Jesse, kick us off. Is there anything you're really looking at in the 6K range? Maybe Scott Brown? I don't know. Not much, but if, if you – also, if you uh, bet, like, first-round leader, Scott in. Like, just go ahead. He's probably 150 to 1. Just go ahead and throw, like, $5 on him to be first-round leader. Not not a whole lot below 7. Um, I mean, there's just not a whole lot of guys, A, and then there's not a whole lot of good golfers. Um, Hudson Swafford is interesting to me. Um, he's hitting a lot of greens recently, and he's a streaky guy as well. I mean, he can get it going. He can shoot 61. Um, so I might sprinkle him into one or two if I do 20 lineups or whatever. Um, but other than that, I mean, there's just not a lot down there. What about you, Bucks? Yeah, I mean, I'm likely going to avoid the majority of this range. Um, I mean – you have guys like that I think have potential that played really well at certain points last year, like Sun Kang, um, but he hasn't been playing great. You have a guy like Wes Bryan who um, has an opportunity to play well. He hasn't lately, but when you look at some of the stats, when he was playing well, he excelled in the courses where you didn't have to overpower it. He hits his irons, his short to mid irons really well for the most part. Um, where he's struggled, though, is converting the proximity to birdies. And so I think he's going to give himself plenty of opportunities. He just needs to convert. And if he does this week, like if you need a guy 6,800, I would suggest taking maybe like Wes Bryan or Colt Nost and hoping they convert some of their putts because they can hit the ball really, really well. Yeah, definitely. I'm really going to try to do everything in my power to just avoid this range. I'd rather, <laughs> I'd rather do like Hind and Lipsky and Tway at 7,100 and below yeah. and go down in this. Yeah. I'm with you. I'd rather all day. Varner at 72 even. Like that. That's that's wheelhouse stuff. Right. Um, punt real quick. It is Scott Hind. That is my punt at 7,100. Uh, Bucks. What's your punt? Um. Shit, I guess we can. Nice. You're going to have to do it. We can. How about Keegan Bradley at 7K? 
Yeah. Good. Keegan's Lord. interesting. Good Evan. Uh, I mean, yeah, Keegan, really Keegan low stood low. out to me. Yeah, I mean, if he was at 78, I, I could totally ignore him. But, I mean, he finished 10th here or 6th here last year, and he has another top 10 as well in, in 2013. So, I mean, he's interesting because of that. Obviously, he missed the cut last week. I think on the number. If he um, can make some putts. Right. All right. Um, Buck, start us off with your bust. Uh. Yeah, this is a tough. It could one. be anybody. Don't think I have to be a top price guy. Yeah, that's steel. There you go. There's there's one bust. Um, you're gonna pick, you're gonna pick him every week after last week, aren't you? <laughs> my God, he's, like, <laughs> he's in my he's in my auto fade now forever. Salty. <clears throat> yeah, still very very salty. Um, I I guess I mean when you look at just the field and the ownership. I think that I'm going to have to fade um, Xander and call that a bust just because of ownership reasons. Yeah, I don't mind that. Uh, what about you, Jesse? Uh, for bust-wise, I would say uh, Thomas Peters. I think he always, like, gets a lot more ownership and yeah, attention than he could, and he's, he's just not accurate enough, and it's just his form is, is not very good. You didn't ask me my um, punt play, which is oh, Gavin. So sorry. Uh, Gavin Green, who's yours? You didn't say yours either. I said Scott Hand. Oh, my bad. So you're going with Green. Um, my my bust was written down as Thomas Peters because I that I was in the same thought process. Everybody flocks to him like a moth to a flame. It is ridiculous. And he's if it playing helps you guys, Goldman. he's 70th in my model. That's beautiful. There's only eight guys <laughs> worse. Oh, man. Justin Thomas is what he is. He's a poor man's Justin Thomas. Oh, like, when, he's, when, he, when he's on, it's great, and he bombs it. I, I get the appeal, but when he's playing bad, as, as, as you guys yeah. know, any golfer knows, if a bomber is off, that round is just screwed. Yeah. Destroyed. You can't make up for that kind of stuff. Um, who is your pick to win? Jesse. Is this a question? Is this a, is this a legitimate question? <laughs> yes. Moving on. <laughs> Paul Casey. <laughs> what about you, uh, Wait, Bucks? It's part of the brand now. What do you want me to do? <laughs> yeah. He's a member. Um, yep. For me, for me, it's going to be uh, Patty Perez. <laughs> I like Ooh. that Perez. Pick. The more we talked about it, I like that a lot. I'd love to see Flatbill in mm -hmm. Malaysia celebrating. Oh, man. <laughs> what could go – Call the, what could possibly go wrong? Call the lady boys. So many massages. <laughs> so many. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, I had, oh, I, I, I had Paul Casey. But uh, Pat Present, I do like that a lot. Paul Casey's my pick. Um, let's do a couple core players real quick. Bucks, what are a couple guys you're looking at? Uh, Pat Perez, Kevin Na. Uh, um, the more I look at it, Harold Varner. Yeah. So th those are those are three of mine. What about you, Jesse? Yeah, uh, Paul Casey, Paul Casey, <laughs> Paul Casey. No, um, Paul Casey. I like Lucas Glover a lot this week as well, and Stuart Sink. Those three. I had uh, Lahiri, Glover, and Hind. Those be my three, and then I can kind of build around that. I do like I do like Glover. Yeah, Glover's just. He's not flashy, but he's consistently like top 15 and stuff, left and right. And yeah. he can go off any given time. 
He could. He um, makes butts. I like that quite a bit. Uh, any listener questions this week, Jesse? I don't know. With this type of tournament, it seems to be just dwindling. Um, yeah, there was one, uh, and it was – let me get there real quick. How about a day off from at PGA Tour? Yeah. <laughs> this is a day, this is a day off. Did you see the field? <laughs> I don't know, dude. I don't know. I guess he was trying to say, like, about we don't talk about this for a day, but this is what we do, so I don't know. Sorry. Yeah, we love it. Hashtag sorry, not sorry. Hashtag sorry, not sorry. I mean, this is well, – All right, all right. What do you, what do you guys what do you, stops. what do you guys think the winning score is going to be? 18. Would you say 18? 22. That's at 18. Okay, 18, 22. What you got? Yeah, Bucks. I was going to go 22. Nice. There we go. There we go. Any final thoughts, gentlemen? It's uh, somehow hopefully an interesting to- uh, weekend of golf. But uh, the other crappy part, at least in my side of the country, it's pretty much over when I wake up in the morning or at least three-quarters of the way over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's. I mean, it's the same for me. That, that's the that that's the bad part about this. Obviously, no cut event. Um, Seventy-eight players. You know, just use your money wisely. The GPPs just aren't that good this week either. But yeah, of course, I'm not going to not play. I'll still play, but it's I'll be scaling back. What about you, Bucks? Any final thoughts on the tournament? Um. Yeah. If you are in between a few guys, go with your gut and definitely look at the guys who are more inclined to make birdies because it is a no-cut event. You're not looking for a steady cut maker. You're looking for somebody that can go deep. Um, And with the way a lot of these contests looks, it looks like the majority of people are going to be in the GPPs. So go go big or go home. I mean, you can have a – bunch of lineups you're probably going to bust in a few of them but you're looking for that one one big hit so yeah it's going to be a lot of three max tourneys for me i'm not going into deep deep gpps because too many dupes out there when you start doing stuff like that very much so but with that being said gentlemen great episode again and next weekend we get a, a nice pretty good size event next weekend but um Thanks for joining me. Again, you can find uh, Jesse on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. Bucks is at BP Snow 11. I am at BD Intric. And you can follow the pod on Twitter at Always Press DFS. This was the CIMB Classic preview. Catch you guys next time.